It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Monday. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock, the great Damian Anderson, the pride of Northwestern, former Arizona Cardinal running back, also joining us today on a, I guess we can call it a victory Monday. Gentlemen, we were off on Friday. <laughs> Cardinals locked up. That dub on Thursday night, and Bo Brock, here we stand. The standings still have to be updated. The Rams didn't play a half game out of first place in the NFC West. Boy, oh boy, where do we begin? It's like that Shawshank Redemption, Andy Dufresne. He's crawling through hundreds of yards of shit, only to come out clean on the other side. And as D-Hop posted before his return, hope is a good thing, fellas, because the Arizona Cardinals are certainly in the thick of this thing. Yeah, Bo, uh, considering the landscape throughout the NFL, it's a great place to be where the Arizona Cardinals are. The fact that they haven't played great, Johnny Bo, I think that bodes well for them because we've seen teams start fast, especially this team, and end shitty. So I think that if it could be the reverse, teams struggle early on. We saw this with the wild card Tampa Bay team that went on the road and won the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. I'm not anointing them. But what I'm saying is the fact that they haven't meshed well on offense bodes well for them long term. Well, and, you know, you think about this team at the end of last year, and it didn't matter that they had won double-digit games. They were a team that looked like they struggled against everybody, and they did. They lost at Detroit in humiliating fashion. Uh, I think trending in the right direction is underrated. I think that we contextualize it more than just wins and losses. Cardinals played good football on Thursday. A bunch of teams in their conference did not play good football yesterday on Sunday. That should make you feel good as a Cardinal fan, especially when you look at the landscape of not only their schedule and some of the cupcakes that they get in the AFC, but the NFC West, gentlemen. And that brings us to today's topic of discussion. Can the Cardinals win this division? I think that, you know, with the NFC East racking up a bunch of early wins, it may be tough to get a wild card spot. Not impossible. But then you see both San Francisco get shellacked yesterday. You know, the Rams are a week off. They're still a home underdog against the Niners mm-hmm. this weekend. That tells you Vegas doesn't take them seriously. You know, I the Cardinals beat Seattle in Seattle with Hopkins and Matt Prater. I'm convinced they're going to, you know, smoke them at State Farm Stadium. Do you think that this is still conceivable at three and four to win this division for the Arizona Cardinals? I think this thing is wide open. I mean, when you look at the top and you look at the team that's uh, uh, the head of the NFC West division, does anybody have any confidence 
that the Seahawks are going to hold on to this thing all the way until the end. Sure, it's encouraging to see better quarterback play, to see them infuse that roster with with young players. Sure, like that the corner at a at a UTEP is is unbelievable size, speed. He's a he's a ball hawk right out of the gates, but you know, Kenneth Walker is a beast out of Michigan State, but is it sustainable? Is it sustainable? Uh, you know, I, I I would probably say no. So that means that, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, they still have the two top dogs that you envision being in their way from the jump in the L.A. Rams. They're probably going to make a move. They still have horses on their roster. And then the San Francisco 49ers with all those playmakers, but not any you know consistent play at the quarterback spot, you got to think that the Arizona Cardinals with two games on their schedule against that Niners team, the opportunity is there. Now, when you talk about you know the team trending in the right direction, this is a team that has been known to be a hot, a hot starting team under Cliff Kingsbury and falling off at the end. To kind of see this play out on the opposite side of things and to kind of see them potentially trend in the right direction at the right time of year is encouraging for Arizona Cardinals fans. You know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, but it's nice to maybe get an, a glimpse of it and see how they can play with their stars fresh, with injuries. You know, at the beginning of the season, they weren't where you, they wanted, but now, you know, they're getting healthier and healthier with no major guys missing out of this lineup. I, I just think that it, if, if you're an Arizona Cardinals team right now, when you look at it, you know, it looks like they can strike at this thing as far as the NFC West and really contend for this title at the right time. Now, you got to win football games, DA. Yeah, well, I mean, it starts week by week in controlling what you can. I mean, as simplistic as it is, the Cardinals got a great opportunity going against Minnesota this week, right? We see them as a very balanced team. They have some wide receiver threats. I know that the secondary, the Cardinals secondaries have, has had success against number ones, but they also have that ability to run the ball. So, and Cardinals have struggled as of late with teams that, you know, are able to run the ball and pass. And one thing that I look at is matchups, right? And you look at, do they have a great tight end? And that's not Kirk Cousins, number one. He wants to go to his number one receiver, right? And, I mean, that's it, and get the ball to Dalvin Cook. But from what I've seen from the, the Cardinals and the rest of the schedule, I think that in the injuries and in the, the process of just, you know, just the, the war of attrition that this game creates, I think the Cardinals are in a favorable place because of the fact that, as you said, Bo, they started off dinged up, right? And it's about timing. And if the Cardinals can get healthy, and I know that, you know, some make some acquisitions with potentially that we're going to get into later on in the show, I think that they could be ready for, you know, come the postseason. Yeah, I, I'm with you, DA and Bo. I, I'm of the mindset that, of course, this team hasn't played their best football yet. The DeAndre Hopkins factor cannot be overstated. This line, I think... To start, I got information today after our bet show, PHNX Bets Daily Podcast, myself, Shane Diefenbach. I was shocked that the Cardinals were only a three-and-a-half-point underdog. That is shocking to me because that's Vegas telling you this is basically a pick on a neutral field. You get three points for home field. So I did some digging. I'm like, what was this line a week ago before Hopkins came back and before the Saints win? It was almost seven points. That's the DeAndre Hopkins factor, that they saw him, Vegas saw Diop on Thursday night, put an ass whooping off the couch against the New Orleans Saints and head coach Dennis Allen, who's a defensive coach, and said he's going to cook Patrick Peterson and company. He's going to give them hell, come hell or high water on Sunday, and and Kyler Murray is going to force feed him the football, as he should. I would also say that where is this team vulnerable at? Where is their liability? 
because I watched teams all day yesterday have gross, gross liabilities all over the place. The Niners, for instance, Mike McGlinchey is a liability at right tackle. They've got mm-hmm. a quarterback who's limited. You know, the Packers, they have no wide receivers, right? You talk about the Chargers. They can't stop anybody defensively. The Cardinals, to me, maybe have a liability on the interior offensive line, but they're going to get some people healthy. And then on the defensive side, what is it, maybe pass rusher? Other than that, especially now that they've embraced a lot of these young players, I don't think they have a gross liability that can be exposed week in and week out. If anything, I think the more you play the Simmons, the Zayvon Collins, right, they're going to gain confidence. The Marco Wilson that they can play with anybody, and 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 you're going to see that translate to better play each and every week. So, I, I don't know. You know, Benjamin's running for a hundred yards on Thursday night football. Bo, where is the liability on this team right now? I, I don't think there's any like glaring liability as far as right. the Cardinals go. I mean, I, I I hear people who get kind of obsessed with the pressure rate that Kyler Murray faces. And sometimes when you play money ball, as far as allocating funds across the roster, when, when they build the offensive line, like they did, you're not going to get perfect play. You're not going to get a a perfect pocket every time. And Kyler Murray with his legs has the ability to evade that. I mean, look at the first or second play from scrimmage where he gets out of pressure and throws an absolute rope to Rondell Moore. And we saw more and more of that as he got more comfortable with DeAndre Hopkins being in that lineup. Like there's, in 15 sacks in the in in through seven games, I mean, in, in most of that coming against this pressure from the Seattle Seahawks uh, a week ago. So you know, I I think that there's they can compete for the most part in every facet of the game, and I think that on the other side of things here in Week Eight with Minnesota, Minnesota's playing some of the best complementary football in the league as far as offensive and defensively. Uh, but then you look at who they've played, like some teams that give you the opportunity to play really sound complementary football. Uh, one one of the most cupcake schedules. I don't know. If this is did, did Jim Harbaugh did he did he create the Minnesota Vikings schedule this year? Is is that how they got uh, blessed with this guys? I mean, because they haven't really played anybody or beat anybody. I mean, they come out of the gates and and just dismantle Green Bay. They're awful. Detroit, New Orleans. We saw how bad they are. Chicago and then Miami with their third string quarterback. Uh, the, the one test that they they faced was undefeated Philly, and Philly made easy work of them. So this is kind of an a, an odd week to gauge. But to your point, Johnny, yeah, I just don't I don't see like a, a major weakness. And I want your thoughts on this. I mean, have we seen the worst football from this Cardinals team already this season? I I, I watched them week one and can't imagine they can play worse than that. Even against right. Kansas City, they looked I, I, they looked pretty bad at times against the Rams, but at least the defense came to play that day. I Look at their schedule, Damian, and tell let me, me where there's the one game. Let, yeah, I'm going to let, let you know. jump in. Look at, look <laughs> at the know. schedule, DA. I don't see a game they can't win the rest of the year. They're not going to win them all, we don't think. Right. But there's not a game on the schedule that they can't win. Johnny, I would agree with that. I would agree with that, but in terms of doing an audit of the team – looking at some areas of need or where they can be better at. Right. I I mean, to me, it's, you know, huge, huge things against quality teams. Like if you look at Kansas city and you look at Philly and you also look at the the Rams, right. Two quality teams that you expect to be in the postseason. It was their tight end and the ability to stop the run. I think those are two glaring, glaring concerns defensively. And I'd say offensively, it's just the consistency 
of play calling on offense and being able to move the ball with the head coach, right? That whole, we have all these moving parts. We got all these great show pieces. And now Johnny, to your point, I think D hop helps that. I think that yeah. we saw that, the, the, the impact of him being targeted 14 times, having over a hundred yards, bringing that calming demeanor to, you know, his, his quarterback and his coach, right? Just mm -hmm. being on the football field, the Arizona card, we talked about leadership, having that dog, DeAndre Hopkins is that because all the attention he garners. And we saw how that complimented and benefited guys like Eno Benjamin, Keontae Ingram, you know, yeah. and when you could have that dual threat type of offense, I think that that bodes well for the Cardinals. I'd say I'm proceeding cautiously optimistic with this offensive <laughs> unit and defensive unit, but I would just like to see more consistency locking down those tight ends and stopping the run because you do have to face Kenneth Walker again. You do have to play the San Francisco 49ers, and we know that they're going to try and run the ball 42 million different ways, and teams have success. And once they identify what your you know your weaknesses are, they're going to try and do that every week. But the game is about matchups, and it is favorable, Johnny, to your point, the, the rest of the season. We got a bunch of people wanting to talk about pass rushers. We're going to get to that in our next segment. But, Bo, you had a chance to speak with Cliff Kingsbury today at the Cards facility. How does he feel about the landscape of the NFC West? I mean, I think as far as he's, he echoes kind of what DA was saying. I mean, it, there seems to be some cautious optimism coming from that from that team, you know, that facility. They took some downtime this weekend. They did some self-scouting that people were asking. I remember people were asking me in my DMs, does this team self-scout? Of course they self-scout. And they said they looked at some things. They want to see them improve nope. as far as. Nope, they don't do that, Bo. Exactly. Nope. It's just like, come on, man. It's an NFL, it's an NFL organization. I know you've got your frustrations with them, but they, they still do the things that every organization does. And they want to see what, what we've been talking about is like, they're, they haven't seen the big play. I mean, we no. had a 31 yard play mm -hmm. to, to uh, Rondell Moore, but for the most part, you know, there's a couple plays to DeAndre Hopkins that were in the teens, but still lacking as far as the big play. Cliff Kingsbury wants to see that reincorporated into the offense, something that's been so big ever since Kyler Murray hit the scene on the NFL level, so accurate downfield that they want to see that, you know, show up. And, you know, Minnesota, if you think about week two last year, there were plenty of them last week or last year in 2021 against this Minnesota Vikings defense. So maybe this is an opportunity for that. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, we even had Cliff Kingsbury. He seemed a little bit looser during his press conference, press availability. I, you know, I just asked him and said, hey, you know, there's a lot of confidence from this team. There's an football, but at the same time, there was a trade within the division where you had Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers and you know, was that something that to kind of dampen your mood a little bit? And this was the answer that he gave me. No, no, that's all right. I knew they were playing the Chiefs, so I felt good about it. <laughs> good, I felt good about it because they were playing the Chiefs. He knows Talk how that goes. Fuck <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Throwing some shit. He's ready to talk his shit. I, you know what? I miss that Cliff Kingsbury. I've wanted yeah. that Cliff Kingsbury to return. I don't want to see him Saul compelled. You know, I want to see him dominate this division, and I think he can. Johnny, That's last great. week you want you want him to give up his play. I didn't. I it, well, <laughs> you know, we all. I I I don't think. Say so you were emotional. emotional. You were just emotional. Mo I'm well, yeah, I'm the. You know, I try to take the pulse of the fan base, and we're all the same. We're fans in and of itself, and we're not going to we're not push a fake narrative here. He wasn't good. He hadn't been good. The offense looked good Thursday night. They scored twenty eight points. I need more good Cliff. And then if mm. I can get good Cliff, I get good Cliff pressers on Monday. So, uh, listen, I, I think the summary of this conversation, I think the three of us feel like 
this team went from dead and buried to potentially at two and five to three and four back in the division race. And I, I don't know how you don't watch number 10 play football on Thursday and not think the Cardinals are going to come out guns ablazing against the, the Vikings this weekend. And good news for everybody. Right now, you can bet on that game on DraftKings. Again, I mentioned Cardinals are a three-and-a-half-point dog. Maybe grab it while it's at that number. New customers can make any $5 NBA money line bet get $200 if your team wins. Suns had a big win last night. They're playing again later this week. You can also boost your winnings tonight 100% with the DraftKings step-up same-game parlays. So if you want to watch the poor, lowly Chicago Bears get their ass kicked by the Patriots, <laughs> dabble on DraftKings. It's simple. God, I was telling Shane earlier today, gentlemen, it's like the Bears and the Broncos, the All-City family, <clears throat> just rotate shitty performances on national TV. Maybe give the Cardinals more national performances. They're one for one this year. You can boost your winnings. It's simple with DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo. If you're going to get that extra action, but you want to maybe uh, get some great food, get some great beer, go watch tonight's game at Four Peaks. Great environment for that. And also join us this Wednesday. It's the last Wednesday of the month where the entire PHNX crew is going to be hanging out. Shows all day long. Come hang out. Get $3 kit lifters, $3 wow wheat pints when you mention that you're hanging with the PHNX crew. Also, the Yotes play their inaugural home game at Mullet Arena, the home of the Mullet. Join PHNX Coyotes crew at Four Peaks for our tailgate watch party. It's going to be on that 20-foot jumbo screen. You're going to see the Mullet in all its splendor and the 2022-2023 Coyotes on the ice for the first time at home. Register in the link in the show notes. It's easy. Just look below. You'll find the link to uh, join our watch party uh, or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Got to be 21 years or older. Enjoy that sweet, sweet, delicious nectar that is Four Peaks beer and enjoy it responsibly. It's a throwback day. We were gifted producer extraordinaire Leah, who is the host of PHNX Coyotes, doing a fantastic job. Support them. Coyotes are off to a better start than last year. Just check them out. Check us out. Smash the like button on this video because it's trade deadline talk now. Everybody wanted to talk about it. You got it. The Cardinals won. That means we're fully into the trade deadline. It ends the end of the month. And gentlemen, the eyes are on a pass rusher for the Arizona Cardinals. Defensive tackle, defensive end, outside linebacker. Open discussion, open forum. Tell us who you want in the chat. Bo Brock, I'm going to start with you. I put a bunch in the rundown, realistic, unrealistic options. Today, right now, October 24th, 2022, one realistic option for this team. Cardinal insider Bo Brock, go. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm going to stay away from the guys in Carolina just because I don't think that the Panthers are going to move off of either one of their defensive studs like Brian Burns or like Derek Brown. I, I do think there there is a team that – could potentially pry Burns away for the steep price tag of two first-rounders. Uh, we also have to keep in consideration that if it was Rams' first-rounders, that those first-rounders don't exist until like 2028 and 2029. So that might kind of back them off from negotiating with Los Angeles, which is a great thing for the Arizona Cardinals. But I think just looking at how the Cardinals are set up and looking at Steve Kimes' you know, trade resume, I think that you have to be more realistic where guys like Robert Quinn or Jerry Hughes are going to be guys that he's going to target, guys who are a little yep. bit longer in the tooth, going to cost maybe a later day two pick, and he doesn't have to give up a first-round pick that he covets, which is shocking to a lot of people because we don't see a lot of rookies play early on. Uh, but you know, I think that's right in the wheelhouse of Steve Kime, and I just hope – 
regardless of what happens, that he's active, that he's bullish yeah. this trade season and, and continues to keep his foot on the pedal because if if the Rams are able to pull off a deal with less draft capital than the Arizona Cardinals, that's an indictment on Steve Keim yep. and that he's not willing to do whatever it takes to put this team in a prime position to contend for another playoff spot, guys. Bo, and the only way that I'll push back on that, because I think that he has up to this point, you know, I think yeah. offensively he sure. has, right? Getting Hollywood, also getting Robbie Anderson. And I just want to add, I think it's okay. That, I think it's kind of crazy that the Cardinals allow, you know, players, they want players that yell at their coaches to be on, to be on their <laughs> team. I mean, that's just crazy. But but anyway, I just think it's the, the interior. The, the reason why I think it's interior defensive linemen that's needed, Bo, is obviously that concern that I have against, you know, the run defense, right? But if you look at the emergence of those young defensive ends or outside linebackers, they're starting to get, you know, their feet wet a little bit. They're starting to have some success. So maybe that need isn't as, you know, warranted as it maybe had been two or three weeks ago, right? As Johnny mentioned, you're starting to play some of that young talent. Guys are starting to get, you know, some more and more experience and, and starting to accumulate those sacks. And we saw against, you know, Seattle that the, the type of day that they had. So for me, I think it's, I, I don't have all the guys memorized, but I definitely think that it's, they should go interior D lineman just given what they've had. And I just want to see, although he has those splash plays, you know, I love what Isaiah Simmons brings to the team. I think that I, I think you guys would agree with me when I say we just want to see more consistency when he lines up, you know, one-on-one against those opposing receivers or uh, tight ends. Anybody a boat person here? Does anybody own a boat? Has ever owned a boat? I have not. Uh, they I've are been expensive. one. I've been in one. Yes, many times. Tubin, whatever. So I'm going to use a boat mm-hmm. analogy as it relates to the Cardinals, the trades they've made, and a potential trade at the end of the deadline. The move for Perfect. Cody Ford. We live in Arizona. We do. There are lakes here. Landlocked. Jack, Jack <laughs> Cody Ford, Robbie Anderson, uh, the cornerback from the Raiders that um, poor guy can't get on the field. Those were stopgap trades to plug up holes in our in our boat, right? To potentially allow it from sinking, from a sinking boat, put us at the bottom of the lake or the ocean. They need to go get a brand new motor to steer this shit to the postseason. That's the difference between those little fifth, sixth round trades. We're going to keep it above water. That's what Robbie Anderson's supposed to do. There's no Antoine Wesley. There's no Hollywood Brown. So, we got to keep. We got to keep it going. I need a new jet motor to push this bad boy. Johnny, I, I got it. You can simplify it. Simplify it. We're just doing an LS swap on old I don't school. Even know what, that, what does that mean? An LF fuel injection. Means. We're going fuel okay. injection until, you know what I mean? Then you got an old four, you know, 444 or something like that, or old 400 on old school Caprice. Damien, you're going no. LS swap. You're yeah, going whatever LS Damien swap. said. That's, that's what I want. I'm going big, big fish hunting right here. Yeah. Uh, big game hunting. Uh, I'm caught. Big fish hunting. I'm going to, what is it called? Like champion fish? Deep sea fishing. Deep sea fishing. Give me a, you know, <laughs> give me a hammerhead shark, whatever that, that shit's called. I, I'm at least making a phone call to the Carolina Panthers because I know they, they rejected. I don't know if I believe this or not. Mm-hmm. Two ones for Brian Burns. Now, again, we've talked about this, Bo. <clears throat> there's two ones from the LA Rams who pick at the tail end. who don't have a first round pick this year. Then there's two ones from Steve Kime. And if I'm, Carolina, maybe I'm skeptical of the Cardinals making the playoffs. And shit, that that one might be pick 15. That one yeah. might be pick 12. Now we hope it's not. I'm at least making the phone call. I think it's it's malpractice to not even call Carolina. Then I'm working my way down the list. I'm contacting the Commanders. Now it's unfortunate because the Commanders are a fraudulent three and four, but they've won two mm-hmm. straight, and they're probably thinking to themselves, "Well, we can hang around." But Montez Sweat. Deron Payne. Those are the next two on my list. I can't do that. 
then I think it becomes more realistic. The Chicago Bears season ends tonight. They are not going to compete. They have old players. They overplayed their hand with Robert Quinn, who is not having a great year. Now, would I take him on the Cardinals? Absolutely. But I, I the more and more I'm thinking about this, I'm with Damian. Like, the Cardinals need an interior defensive tackle to penetrate against the run and the pass. Did I love what I saw from the lack of pass rush on Thursday, Bo? I did not. And I'm a little bit concerned. You play some of these teams with top-tier tackles, that could hurt you. But look at the schedule. I mean, the rest of your division, their offensive line, it's not very good. The Cardinals beat up Geno Smith. They just couldn't score points that game. Have mm -hmm. you seen the Niner tackles outside of Trent Williams? Terrible. The Rams are on their third string left tackle. So I do feel like Marcus Golden and company can get it done. But I, there are going to be teams, and it's going to start this weekend. We're going to see it, gentlemen, that want to run right at the Cardinals. Can they stop them? Do they have yeah. enough beef up the middle? With Rashad Lawrence's availability, kind of questionable, Bo, with the shoulder, to me, mm -hmm. it's like if I can get a Duran Payne, who's going to be a free agent, and I can I can court them with a second, that's better than any second round pick I'm getting this year. I'm sorry, unless you're a Hollywood unless you're, equivalent, Johnny. Is that a Duran Payne? Is that a Hollywood equivalent? Yeah, I you? think it's the same kind of deal. It's a cornerstone piece from the SEC that they don't have, that they haven't had. It's a Darnell Dockett esque type of acquisition, I think, and I don't think I'm overplaying that. He, I watched him beat the shit out of the Packer O-line for four quarters yesterday. That is what they're missing. And they have a gluttony of guys. They got Chase Young. They got Monte. They can't pay everybody. And so right. it's like Agreed. they might need – they need ammunition to go and get a quarterback next year. And they already traded picks for Carson Wentz. Even with, you know, maybe they're realistic and they're we're three and four in a division with a bunch of teams with six, five, and six wins. Maybe they think to themselves, okay, we're going to – could the Cardinals sweeten the pot? Could they give them, and I, I propose this in the offseason, could they give them a third or a second and a Rondell Moore? I, I, like, what mm. could we do to incentivize them a little bit? I know they got Curtis Samuel. They got some Johan Dotson. I'm just spitballing here. What would a trade package have to look like for Washington to consider that, Bo? I, I think you just have to go with draft picks. I don't I don't think they're that wide receiver room is actually pretty, pretty stacked. I, I mean yeah. – which player would you be willing to part with at a position of depth? Where, where are they really deep outside really of the wide receiver? They don't really right. have a surplus. Right. So, uh, I, I mean, but Payne, absolutely. I, I think even when you feel comfortable with, with Watt, with Zach Allen, Shard Lawrence, as you mentioned, all those guys, you know, Lawrence is the one who's been going through it the last couple of weeks with the hand, now the shoulder. Uh, but then you had Allen, who's who's been oft injured his entire career. J.J. Watt, we know his injury history. It's like it seems like it's inevitable. So why not stack up? And when you can get a playmaker that can make an impact like like uh, Payne can, that's great. And, and I see people in the chat talking about uh, Cardinals Update, one of my favorite uh, Instagram followers, talking about um, – uh, 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 it's Bradley Chubb. I mean, when you look at Denver, you know, it's a great what's, point. what's what's their what's their game plan right now? I mean, they are let's in ride. absolute shambles. Yeah, let's ride. Let's ride. all the way. <laughs> let's ride all our players out of town and get maybe some draft that capital might back. Be the most realistic option Damn, that Russ. anybody's listed. That team has no draft capital. They are in no man's land. Chubb's on the last year of his contract. He's having a good year, but they've got two other edge rushers that are having equal, if not better, seasons. I, I, that is not. It's not going to surprise me if he ends up in LA if he doesn't end up in Arizona. Unfortunately, hey, I think that's a with, great like ticker for to come out for us. Let's ride with Bradley <laughs> Chubb. <laughs> put that. Put that I'm on the, the t-shirt if we land him. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> for sure.
I, you know, one thing though is uh, you have to take in consideration what what the team values. It's like we, we haven't seen a lot of sacks. We haven't seen you know a ton of pressure from the edges. But when you hear you know what Vance Joseph values from his defense, they value what we saw on Thursday night. They love to see turnovers. They love to see game changing plays. They love to see quarterbacks off schedule and going from you know average to below average and making poor throws, poor decisions. You know they're not nece- they're not. They're not infatuated with sacks. They're not, and they would much rather see picks, fumbles than they would than they would like but to see some guy consistently. All that I don't. That's like the chicken Agreed. and the egg thing. You don't get you don't get picks without pressure. You know, Cam Thomas had pressure on Andy Dalton. That's why he threw that pick to Marco Wilson. CDH four ten in the chat. Uh, this might that. be a negative. Chubb agent is Kyler and Cliff's agent. Uh, <laughs> maybe Steve and, and Michael have had enough of our of our buddy. Uh, and, and want to pivot off yeah. of that. Chubb, Chubb's a free agent. I think that is becoming increasingly likely because that team, God bless our our friends at DMVR, they did a fantastic post game show. It was like an hour and forty five minutes yesterday, and you were talking about yeah, you're, you're hitting rock bottom. <laughs> that they are so inept offensively. <laughs> Their defense is fighting, man. But man, that you could probably call up and just say, "Hey guys, we're going to throw you a lifeline. Here's a second round pick for Bradley Chubb." Yeah, I mean, I think it can happen. As you said, there's some familiarity there with his agent. Um, obviously, obviously, as a player, you want to go to a team that that is a contender. And from the organizational standpoint, guys, they got guys ranked. You have a big board, and they have guys ranked. Obviously, they're free agents. What's available on the street? And then they have teams, right? What would they what, what would they be willing in terms of the Cardinals front office to give up to get this player? And then that's when they make those phone calls. So I guarantee you, they have a team of you know they have a, a list of what they need in terms of what we're trying to identify, right? Like offensively, D tackle, defensive end, outside linebacker, secondary, maybe interior offensive lineman, and then identifying those positions on other teams and what they think would be potentially available, right? You got a guy, like you said, you guys went for blood in the water teams that are, you know, suffering right now, taking on water, you know, maybe the, you know, the Jags or, or, you know, just every teams that everybody know, you already did some business with Carolina. So that's a possibility, you know, Denver, uh, where you have that familiarity at, but everybody within this league knows everybody. So it's not going to be a surprise if something like that, something like that happens. I mean, just look, given the week that's happened, you know, the team, uh, Robbie Anderson cussed out his coach, you know, Carolina goes on to do great things and he's on a team where he could have a huge, huge role with this Arizona Cardinals offense. Yeah, there, there's a really fascinating storyline surrounding Bradley Chubb. If he ever became an Air, a member of the Arizona Cardinals, I'll tell you about it. But you got to spruce up your home this fall with More Furniture's fall sale. Check out morefurniture.com. Plus, you'll receive a $100 gift card for every $1,000 you spend. Also, if you see us hanging out in the uh, PHNX studios, we're hanging out in the More Furniture. We're also drinking some tall boys thinking, hey, they're putting back some four peeps beer. Not always the case. Sometimes we're hanging out and we're actually hydrating ourselves. We're murdering our thirst with our friends over at Liquid Death. It's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Why is it called Liquid Death? That's a little, isn't that a little aggressive for mountain spring water? Well, it's because they brutally murder your thirst and infinitely recycle tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They donate 10% of their profits for every can sold to kill plastic pollution, get free shipping on all water and merch. They've got some legit merch at liquiddeath.com. Use the backslash PHNX. That's liquiddeath.com slash PHNX 
or find liquid death at your local Target, Fries, or Sprouts. So I like it. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah. The, the interesting storyline is, you know what it is, Johnny. I mean, Bradley Chubb, remember that draft, 2018, he slips, right? Broncos are all ready to reportedly pull a deal off with old Steve Kime to put them in a position to draft a certain quarterback that now plays for the Buffalo Bills. But Bradley Chubb slipping to five, who is the consensus like top prospect in that draft, had Vic Fangio and crew and John Elway thinking we can't pass on this guy. So they don't pull the trigger on the deal. Bills end up trading up to seven. They take Allen, and then Steve Kahn, the rest of his history, trades up from 15 to 10, and they take the chosen Rosen, Josh Rosen. You know what would be better is they could just stay to 10 with their picks and take a Lamar Jackson, but (laughs) that's a conversation for a different day. That makes me not want Chubb. I'd forgotten about that story. I burned it from my brain. Uh, But that's interesting. I'm going to tell you what else is interesting I had not considered. Uh, DeForest Buckner plays for the Indianapolis Colts. He's one of the best defensive tackles in football. He's 28. He's older. He's been paid. He's under contract. Under 30 is good. Under 30 is good. If, if he if he is available, if they make him, he's like the captain of their defense, but they'd have to be convinced. This is this should have to be a Jim Irsay trade. They're missing picks. They've traded picks for Wentz and for Matt Ryan. They need picks to get a quarterback. They might gut the house and start over. Buckner would come back to the NFC West and wreak havoc against the Niners who shipped him out of town, against the Rams offensive line. That that is, I don't think that'll happen. But man, that that would be one of the my top choices because he is one of those few. He's a Calais Campbell esque kind of player, maybe better, or certainly better right now, where you can you can play that five technique and make other people uncomfortable and get seven, eight sacks. And I just think that it's is, uh he's sixteen million against the cap. I, I don't think that they have the ability, the wiggle money. room to do it. Well, I, no, I know. I just you'd have your capologist would probably pull his hair out and, and die from stress because he can't I, make that. I mean, that's tough. I like Zach Allen, but I like winning more. And if I have to sacrifice Zach Allen hitting the open market so I can pay divorce Buckter, I'm okay with that. I know that makes no, sense. For sure, but I'm talking about this yeah. year. You have to figure you have to kind of free up, you know, somewhere about like ten red. million dollars. Well yeah, just say <laughs> yeah. Tyler, we'll just defer some of your money and D hop will defer like they, maybe. I mean, yeah, it comes down to your cap comes down your cap specialist but you know anybody, you know, are you that good? anybody can help them drive down to tempe take <laughs> no, care those, of that those guys are actuaries johnny those guys are <laughs> actuaries they're not just accountants actually all right so i'm already pissing these two off guess what it's time for their least favorite segment of the week where i tell everybody trending up and trending down oh, for the arizona cardinals segment. oh you guys talk shit about it every week here we go Ooh, that's why we love arizona it cardinals. <laughs> here we got arizona cardinals listen they came off their dub Here's who's moving up for the Redbirds in week eight. There they are. How about D-Hop's bank account, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. Uh, this idiot, me, on this show has said over the course of the summer, you know, maybe they won't pay D-Hop $30 million. And then you watch them with and without DeAndre Hopkins. And good hell, can we write that check today? Can we write it yesterday? I think he solidified himself as a Cardinal in 2023 with his performance on Thursday. How about our guy, Marco Wilson? He throws a shoe. He falls to the fourth round. He's back now. He's picking off Andy Dalton and having maybe the greatest, what'd you call it, Bo, gif, reel that we've seen in the NFL season jumping behind Andy Dalton? It was Yeah, it was electric. I mean, you see Andy Dalton discouraged, and then you just see in the background Marco Wilson fly through the air with his 43-and-a-half-inch vertical jump, like all every single bit of it 
Just uh, unreal. Marco Wilson trending up. And then I, I like your third edition here. I talked hey, to Cliff Billy. today about this guy. Yeah. Oh, Billy. <laughs> I was going to do that, but I was working on the reference. Oh, you love the cable guy reference. Here. So what was he saying about old Billy Price? Because here's my thought process on it. Mm-hmm. He's aided in Cincinnati because he didn't live up to his draft stock. But he can come here and play some spot football, can he? Yeah, I mean, he he actually looked, I, th- I thought, you know, outside of the red zone, uh, bad snap. I thought that he looked solid. And, and I asked Cliff. Cliff didn't really want to comment post-game after it until he looked at the tape. And I said, what would you see on the tape? Because you've had some time. And he said he looked stout. He liked what he saw from Billy Price. He liked what he saw from Cody Ford, who, and this was according to Cliff Kingsbury, was in line to play regardless if the Max Garcia injury happened. Like, they were going to split series Anyway, so but he liked what he saw from Cody Ford. He likes both of those guys with another week of practice under their belt. And it, it was a definite improvement. I know you you lacked a little bit uh, of, uh, you know, interior pressure, not anything like you saw the previous week, but a solid performance from those guys. And there was only one direction to go as far as the play from the interior of that offensive line. Guys, I like Billy Price, too. I mean, besides that one play, Bo, you mentioned the fact that we're not hearing his name called throughout the game, him or Kobe Ford getting some, you know, some new playing time. That that bodes well. And I, I wouldn't even leave it at Wilson. Johnny, I, I, you brought up some great points, but Wilson, Simmons and Hamilton. I mean, for all three, and we talk about just the impact and, you know, the points taken off the board or the points added. I mean, just that secondary. I know that we had some questions in the chat about, you know, is anyone concerned with this secondary? And I would say up to this point, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're going to get tried every week. However, yeah. I mean, given what we've seen against some quality receivers, they've shown that they're, you know, some of the best in the league. And just with D-Hop, what he means to this offense, I just – for me, I just – finally think that even Cliff took a sense of like that one deep breath, that exhale, because he was able to do so much more offensively. And I know that maybe the points total wasn't what everyone wanted. Like it, right. It wasn't 42 or whatever points offensively, but I think that the offense seemed like more smooth. It seemed like they had a rhythm to it and like they had a balance and that's what we haven't seen. We've seen halves of football up until this point, but I've seen, but I would say throughout the game, you saw a balance of both passing and running, right? And it didn't seem like they got overwhelmed for the situation where Pop's presence definitely bring uh, to the Arizona Cardinals, not only team, but just offense. When I forget who tweeted it out, it was the first thing I saw this morning. I'm sure you guys saw it. Somebody from Pro Football Focus just talking about how much Cliff moved Hopkins around. He played a bunch mm-hmm. of snaps in the slot. Haven't we been begging and pleading for that? Maybe he's had this queued up all offseason. It was great to see Hop- Hopkins move around. Because he is such an interchangeable chess piece where, yes, he can take the top off the defense from time to time. But where the Cardinals were really struggling, they were struggling everywhere. The big plays, we talked about it, but they just couldn't pick up third downs. They could not convert mm-hmm. on third down without DeAndre Hopkins. They look like the Packers yesterday who went 0-6 on third down. That was the Cardinals. Now they have DeHop back, and not only is he catching 10 passes, he converted, what, like three defensive pass interference penalties or holding penalties mm-hmm. yeah. drives yeah. live. Bo, you talked about it on our audio only show yesterday. It's just like everything he impacts the defense in so many different ways. You have to game plan against him. There are like 10 guys in the NFL that can do that. And I think we, myself, other people underestimated this offense's ability to function without him. And I think it should not be Bo after what we've seen from green Bay, who can't survive without Deion Devonte Adams. It should not be, 
uh, looked down upon that the Cardinals without a DeAndre Hopkins struggle. Like that should be yeah. expected, right? Yeah, I mean, you see it across the league. Anytime wide receiver ones, anytime elite players of any position aren't available, your team suffers. Like it's it's great. It's great when you can have that me- next man up mentality and you can keep your head above water and you can still compete and guys step up. Like that's the that's like the romance of of sports, right? That's why you love it, right? These underdogs coming out of nowhere and, and picking up where some star left off. That's awesome, but that's the exception to the rule. Like as far as the players, the caliber of DeAndre Hopkins, when they go away, you're going to struggle. Like a lot of people, I, of course I'm with every single Cardinals fan where I wanted to see this offense show any signs of life, any signs of being able to play at a solid level without DeAndre Hopkins. And unfortunately couldn't do it. And the last test was the worst of it. It seemed like rock bottom against the bad Seahawks defense, but like what DeAndre Hopkins brings back to the table so many things. He impacts the game so much, DeAndre, uh, Damien. Like when you saw him, like he's not a four three guy. He'll never. He, he'll even admit that he just doesn't have that speed. But the ability, the route writing is so precise. The ability to get open is unmatched. It's it's like if you were to take Cooper Cup out of the Rams offense, it would yeah. absolutely struggle and probably not be able to find its way the rest of the of the season. What is it about DeAndre Hopkins and your opinion, DA? That, that separates him and, and impacts the game so much more than, you know, even a guy like the caliber of Hollywood Brown. Guys, I would say it's just his overall confidence and knowing what he can do. We've heard stories of, you know, when they w- were going against the Texans and he said, I'm going to go out here and catch everything one handed. He, he's that type of guy that believes that he can actually do that. And he has that success. And I think that having a player, right, we've seen it in those jump ball situations where Kyler, he's probably, you know, D-Hop is probably covered. But Kyler drops back and knows that he's double covered or single covered and throws the ball up and knowing that with those triple X size gloves that he wears are, is, is a high probability he's going to catch that ball. And that's a, you know, a level of, uh, I would say, just sanctuary for Kyler and Cliff, right? Like I know he's covered, but he's always open, right? I mean, yeah. it's one of those. I'm all, I'm always open, and to have a player like that, Bowen Johnny, I think that's a separator. We've seen the impact in Green Bay of not having a number one receiver. We've seen the impact in in LA with the with the Chargers of not having a number one receiver. We've also seen it in in, in uh, Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. These great quarterbacks. Right. But when their receivers are inconsistent in and out dealing with injury, I mean, because I was like a fan, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. well, Cliff, ha- Cliff is this, you know, offensive dynamo. This offense should be get going. But then you look around the league and guys like Aaron Rodgers struggling, Tom Brady struggling, you know, the new, you know, great hype in, you know, for the Chargers struggling. So yeah. to me, that that bodes well to the where the Cardinals are at. Because I think so. They, they remain competitive, Johnny. They're still winning games, and they're not. They're still in the thick of it, given the landscape of the NFC. I like this comment from Jordan P. Isn't it crazy, Robbie Anderson? Most likely, he catches the first deep football from K one on the year. I'm going to make a prediction right now. I think he catches a deep ball of some kind, twenty mm-hmm. plus yards against the Vikings this weekend. Uh, so, a lot of good for the Cardinals. It was tough to find some folks that were trending down. Here's what I came up with. I cheated a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Look at that sorry-ass face from Kyle Shanahan, career under 500 coach with his precious Christian McCaffrey. Taking a butt whooping on national TV, you'd love to see it. And again, Seahawks, nice story, 4-3. and three. They're playing a fourth-place schedule. We get to have our upcoming, you know, second coming with them here at State Farm Stadium not too long. Arizona pass rush is, you know, a little bit hit or miss after having a big day in Seattle, 
No sacks against Andy Dalton. We talked about it. It's a problem. How about the K Cliff Kingsbury K1 bromance? Uh, love that pick from producer Leah. Uh, that uh, on Thursday Night Football, that situation was flipped. In turn, we saw Kyler Murray throwing some F-bombs at Cliff Kingsbury. Um, again, I think the relationship is salvageable, but it also shows you, like, right now, everybody, Bo Brock, is fighting through this rut offensively, and it's wearing on people. Like, those are the two, outside of Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray have the two most pressure on them of anybody in the organization. So when it's not working and it doesn't look good, they're, yeah. they're going to come to blows. Absolutely. I, I think this relationship is rock solid. I, I think, I mean, it's just past the honeymoon phase. I mean, yeah. we're, we're all, we all are in, in long relationships and, and have partners and wives and uh, it's, it's reached just the sweatpants stage. Right. And, and you know, you, you <laughs> things, life is busy, things are hard and, and you want everything, everything to work out, but sometimes yeah. things get stressful and, and you have, you know, contrasting ideas of, of what what works and which way you want to go. And that's what we saw in full display. They want this thing to work. They, and, you know, talk about there, there's no rift here. And, and there's no like any time people ask Kyler Murray last week before the game and the, the week preceding that about Cliff Kingsbury potentially relinquishing play calling. He wouldn't even entertain it. He wants Cliff to be the play caller. He likes Cliff as the head coach. He knows that Cliff picked him, handpicked him to be the number one pick. That that relationship, I think, is is unshakable at this point. And I I like it. And I think from a competitor's standpoint, like you look at, I mean, you, you think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's relationship was perfect the whole way? It was far from it. But the results were they wanted the same ball. thing. You never you <laughs> never saw Tom Brady yelling. True. At but I gotta, I gotta throw this out to you guys. Any of you guys have older brothers? Any of oh you yeah, have older brothers? Got two. Okay. I do not. So, so, okay, so Bo, you you could relate on this, and Johnny, if you got an uncle or somebody, uh, Johnny, that you know, some some type of mentor, maybe that you had when you were younger. Just think about it like that. So for me, that's what I saw. I saw two brothers fighting. I saw you know, there's older brother, there's a younger brother, and then when that younger brother reaches that level of maturity, it's like you ain't gonna be talking to me like that. You know what I mean? You ain't gonna. We're working together here, you know, and and to to get this goal and it's to go out here and win football games. And you know, I think that Cliff was instrumental in getting Kyler and, and vice versa, right? They're kind of two peas in a pod. They go together in terms of this relationship. However, I think there comes a point in time where it it's they're both eye to eye, and it's not Cliff is the head coach, and we because we see those type of relationships, right? We see the respect that Aaron Rodgers gets, we see the respect that Tom Brady gets, right? And only when it's Kyler is it, oh, it's it's disrespect. He's yelling at his coach. No, it's it's not. It's like, hey, man, like we're both professionals here, bro. Like I understand, I get what you do, but we can, you know, we got a lot of game to play. You know what I mean? There's no point of getting all extra, you know, uh, animated and emotional given the circumstances. And I, I love the fact that D hop was in the middle, calming them both down and, and being that leader, because think about that guys. Think about if that happens two weeks ago, there's no D hop in the huddle. How does that play out? I guarantee you not we're still well. talking about it. Yeah. Not well. Right. And we're still talking about it. Yeah. yeah it not- ends with field goals and, and losses. That's what happens. You're not, you're not seeing Rondell Moore step in the middle of that. You're not seeing no. AJ Green step. They in might the get failure. tossed out the way, Bo. That's yeah, like I mean, me breaking up a. That's get... like me breaking up an argument between Saul and Bo and Rondell Moore. <laughs> All right, guys, stop! Please stop! Come on, I know better. Uh, I ain't going at the GM like Kyler went after Cliff. I... <laughs> no, there's 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 love and respect from K1 and Cliff Kingsbury and Bo. You made a great point. Like 
it's a good chance Kyler Murray's not a Cardinal without Cliff Kingsbury. And I think all Cardinal fans need to recognize that even if he is let go after the season or he fulfills his extension, like Cliff Kingsbury has done a lot of good for this organization. He has not been a bust of a head coach. Does he need to do better? Absolutely. But I think Thursday was a step in the right direction. Um, I want to get to this uh, NFL pressure chart really quick because we talked about the Cardinals struggling uh, to get pressure. This comes from our friends at Pro Football Focus. Blitz heavy underachievers. Uh, the Cardinals are down there with the Giants. They're not a no threat. They can get after the quarterback, but they have to blitz. They do not have an elite front four, and they don't, they're not aggressive and effective. I think you look at this. I mean, the Rams are in the market for a pass rusher, and they're doing, I think, a little bit better than the Cardinals. If you look at this graph, they're at least closer to league average. I look at this and I say, Steve, look at the teams that you want to be competing against. The Cowboys in the NFC, of course, the Niners in your own division. We already saw the Eagles. Like they can get after Kyler Murray with four. And then there's the commanders. They have a smorgasbord, as we've already talked about, of quality defensive linemen. This is just like the perfect encapsulation of, yeah, it's good to blitz fans. I love to see, you know, Jalen and Isaiah Simmons and Buddha coming off the edge, but there is no Chandler Jones anymore. There's no somebody that can go up against Trent Williams and beat his ass and get a strip sack of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't have confidence anybody can do that right now, Bo. Yeah. And you look at this chart, just look at some teams that might be falling out of the uh, playoff picture it, it made me start to eye some of those players we see denver we see cleveland I, i'm shocked to see where la the rams and how they're blitz heavy underachievers even with the front seven play that they get from aaron donald but th that they wouldn't fall more on the elite front four part of this but yeah this is a this is interesting i mean uh, it, it takes me back. I mean, I, I have to dust off my TI-83 to really figure out, you know, what this freaking chart means. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look great for the Cardinals. No, and I, I think that you could identify, guys, we're, we're the landscape of the NFL right now, right? You just circle out teams that are maybe, you know, uh, playoff you know, contenders, right, with the exception of a team like Green Bay because you know that they're not going to make any decisions without – Aaron Rodgers, you know, blessing because, you know, it's going to come back in the media and he'll say something crazy. Right. But if yeah. you look Bo, to your point, you got Cleveland, you got Jags, you got Denver, all those the, all those teams are are opportunities, I really feel like. So if you got a player on that team and like you talked about, F them picks, man, you want to win right now. And I think <laughs> that get, getting a guy like Rob, making that decision to get Hollywood, to get Robbie Anderson, to get, you know, Ford to Steve Kahn wants to win like this year. I think that's yeah. where he sees the opportunity. You know, Mike, Michael wants to win. Michael Bidwell wants to win. He's like, I think he's given Steve like, Hey man, if we could get somebody that can make this team competitive right now, and we're going to the, you know, the playoffs and the Super Bowl, do that. And I guarantee you that they're having those conversations. What's the, what's the countdown guys in terms of the trade deadline, how much more time the cards got? I left? believe it's a week from today. Doesn't it end on November Damn. 1st, Bo? So yep. I, am I going to say Sunday's the end all be all, but it does feel like you have a competitive outing winter loss against the Vikings. I think it's a shot in the arm to this organization on Monday. If Steve Kime says, I'm going to get you another player to help because I feel like this is a playoff team. And if you want to support the Cardinals, potentially in their pursuit of the playoffs, listen, we got a home game against Seattle that the team needs, and we need you there, and you can score super cheap tickets using the Game Time app. It's one of our most favorite apps. Uh, the GM saw Bookman. My dad were on it. They got tickets for way under value, 60% off. Procrastinators out there, grab it on the Game Time app, and then you can also double down and make some money 
doubling on fantasy football with the Underdog Fantasy app with promo code PHNX. Your first deposit with Underdog Fantasy, they're going to double it up to 100 bucks using that promo code PHNX. So go to the game with Game Time app, then use Underdog Fantasy while you're at the game. And hint, hint, I would be betting the over on DeAndre Hopkins each and every week. Bo Brock singing the praises of D-Hop last week on the Fantasy Football Show. Hammer it hard, and you can do it. Win some coin using Underdog Fantasy promo code PHNX. The higher lower, man, it's it's addictive. And I almost uh, cashed in if I didn't throw AJ Green in my higher lower. That's on me. That's not on Underdog. Underdog brings me joy every time I open the app. Yeah. So that was a tough L. That was a bad beat. All right, I'm going to tell you what's not a bad beat. Going to gophnx.com, subscribing, becoming a member, using promo code Howard, checking out our buddy Howard Balzer's fantastic articles. It is so great to see Howard cranking out content on the reg. I grew up reading Howard. I know many of you did as well as ties to the Cardinals in their St. Louis days. And we got him now as a part of the PHNX family. And guess what? If you go to gophnx.com and become a member for the entire year, you can cop a free T-shirt from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. I just put my order in last week. I've got the Hollywood Hills sign on Camelback coming up. I've got the touchdown celebratory T-shirts. We ran a, I think our, there's the Hollywood Hills. Look at that T-shirt. One of the best T-shirts we got going right now. Look at our touchdown celebratory tee. Uh, Producer Leah, do we still have the Suns deal going at the PHNX Merchandise Locker? I think 10 bucks off. I think maybe check it out. Even if we're not in the sale, go and get your yeah. T-shirt. And then uh, maybe you could pop an OGs or two, Bo Brock. Absolutely. And you can sleep a little bit better for it because they're changing the game with their sleep time gummy. That's right. It's aquaberry flavor. It's got two to one THC to CBN ratio. And CBN is the compound that helps specifically in you falling and staying asleep. You got to check it out. You got to check out all their products. The easiest way to do that, check them out online, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com or on Instagram at ogsbrands.com. You can find them in your local dispensary. You've got to be 21 years or older to purchase. Pick and spread. Good, good, good to see you, my say man. Some ball, I took one of them uh, Aquaberries. <laughs> I passed out. I wasn't, He's out. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> sure. Say something, Bo. <laughs> I, I just said that uh, it's, it's changing the game. You're flavoring no your dreams. That's what you're all, doing. All I know is when I come in to do games with this crew on Sunday and there's a bunch of OG product, when I walk into the studio, when I leave the studio, the OGs is gone. I'm not going to say who takes it. I'm not going to say <laughs> what what what's everybody's favorite. I just know OGs is around the PHNX studios. It's not around long. Uh, you can buy all of our merch, as producer Leah mentioned, at the PHNX locker. Uh, picking spreads. Thanks so much for catching a live yeah. stream. And this hat right now, you can get this at the locker. It's fire. I love Damien's black on black. Saul said no free shirt for Johnny. Well, listen, I'm a company man. And I want to be a man of the people. And to do that, mm-hmm. I got to spend my money and, and support the cause. You should, too. And you should also support this show. Become a subscriber wherever you get your podcast. If you haven't already, please smash the like button below. We're back later this week. It's Viking Preview Week. Four Peaks on Wednesday. For Damian Anderson, Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. See you next time.